Podcast, your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by James Boyman and Ryan Williams. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the American Toffee Podcast. My name is James, joined as always by my co-host Ryan. Coming to you following Everton's 1-0 victory against West Brom, which moves us up to currently fifth in the table as it stands. It is about the 60th minute of Chelsea versus Liverpool, and Chelsea are currently winning. So if that result holds, we'll be in fifth place with a game in hand on many of the teams above us. Really tight right now in the table, Ryan, um, but we got the win, and it's three wins on the trot for the Toffees. Win ugly, win by any means necessary. Uh, We got to give a shout out to all of the correct score predictions on our Discord server. If you want to join, that's invite.gg slash ATP. We had A. uh, Mandhanya, Paul P, a.k.a. Double P 08. Me, pat myself on the back. You guys can't see it, but I'm doing it for predicting it correctly. And then Escon as well. Uh, Over to you, Ryan, for your instant match reaction. One nil win. That's a huge win. If you look at the table, I mean, you got five teams right now sitting like one each at 46, 45, 44, 43, 42. Um, After 26 games, Villa at 25 of the game at hand. Uh, I'm going to take it over to my man at Jamie underscore Foster 18. We can't complain at the minute with the squad. We currently have it satisfactory. I mean, so we talked a little bit about this off offline and i think what's struggling for me is this is a match that i don't know if we really deserve to get much out of you know point would have been fair so when i watch this play this badly in my opinion really badly especially considering the opponents and what they were giving us and still win like i don't feel as good because i feel it's undeserved i almost in some ways feel just like in the same way as i don't get so ticked off and frustrated when we lose games that we didn't deserve to lose but look man after years, I feel like so many years in a row here where we've had a lot of bad luck and bad fortune go against us. We're getting a little bit of it at, at the time, but my heavens, man, we got to step it up here pretty soon. But hey, let's take it. it. Absolutely massive six points the last two matches. No doubt. And by the skin of our teeth, you're absolutely right about that. Probably don't deserve the six points that we've won this week in short order. But and actually, Ryan, I think that's a that's a fair point because I think it's really frankly, like consistent with your way of viewing the game, which is I think many people get really, really frustrated with just the scoreline. You know, if we're up one nil and we're playing crap, they'll say that we, we play it. We're playing well. We deserve to be up blah, 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 blah. And then you look at some of the underlying stuff that goes into how we actually played and it's not that good. So I think just viewing the game holistically, no, we didn't really deserve to win. And we'll go into probably some of the statistics and underlying numbers as to why, but look, I'm happy. It was nervous. It was very scary. And that VAR decision at the end Ooh. had me practically hiding under my bed, practically uh, needing to just take a break, take a breather. I thought my heart <laughs> stopped for a moment. It was frightening. But before we get into lineups and all of that good stuff that we usually bring you here on ATP, just want to take a moment and just reflect on this lovely, breathe it in, lovely post-match <laughs> fume from the opposition manager this evening. And the quote is Everton are riding high, apparently at the top of the league and created (laughs) little to no little or no chances tonight. The goal was only half a chance. Then we scored a great goal and it was half a toenail offside. I mean, you could just 
I tried to convey sort of the the pettiness in his voice, but I don't know if I quite was able to get it across as effectively as he was in the post-match interview. But it's a thing of beauty. Oh, who is that? Oh, were you imitating someone there? Um <laughs> I don't didn't do the accent. That's why. <laughs> I'm not even gonna read what the caption is under this. Uh yeah, that was that was our man Adam Jones 94 too. Adam's the one that kind of posted that. You know, the sad part is he's right. Uh that's the thing. But you know, like we said before a couple times in when Hamez and I off the air were talking about it. You know what? He's also the very first person to gloat when it goes his way. And and look, this is his game. I mean, the bottom line is reduced chances across the board. That's his stylistic way to approach the match. And look, mathematically, you know, you don't see as much of a differential. If it's a more wide open game and more opportunities, who's going to win them or Man City? You know, I get it. But guess right. what? Over time, this can go the wrong way, too. So you have to deal with it, accept it. So don't sit there and go cry and act like you're some genius by doing this. I get it. You know, we get it. All right. We understand what you're trying to do. That being said, we did a lot of things to make it a lot easier on them today. And I think that's what I was more ticked off about because I actually felt that they weren't that fundamentally great and we should have picked them apart and we, we didn't now. Maybe that was the lineup, you know, lineup changes, formation changes, make it hard for us to be fluid. And there were some changes today for us. Yeah. And Carlo talked about a pre-match said, look, we, we just played. You got to rotate the side. It's a very important. You gotta, we've got a lot of injuries. So James was not back in the side. Fabian Delph still MIA. No idea when he's coming back. Obviously, JPG still a no show. But Mina Davies both out as well. Allen and Siggy made it to the bench. But we had Bernard and Alex Wobie return to the starting lineup after it's been a little while, so we ended up with what I thought initially would be a 4-4-2 with those two playing outside, but we'll talk about the shape in a little bit. Interesting lineup choice. On paper, Ryan, I thought, okay, that's a lineup that, that has some creative players. You've got Dean, you've got Andre Gomez coming off his 7-for-7 seven seven long balls against Southampton, and then you've got those wide guys who can potentially take guys on off the dribble and create stuff for the dual striker partnership of Calvert-Lewin and Bernard, or excuse me, for uh, Richarlison. But yeah, it didn't work out that way. No, it didn't. And we'll get into kind of the tactics here in a second. Let's knock out kind of West Brom's lineup. Um, they've been playing mostly 4141. I'm trying not to say the guy's name, by the way, which is the funniest part. About <laughs> it's it. really like, hard. <laughs> it is hard. I know, but I'm going to do it. I hope. Um, to me, my bigger concern was Diagne um, from Galatasaray. So I always liked him. I actually thought that we should have looked at him in terms of a loanee if we we're looking kind of as a backup center forward because. He's a big, strong target guy. He's not perfect, but he does in many cases provide a matchup problem. And I thought he he would be the type of guy you can bring on late in the game if you need to kind of hoof it up there. Um, and he did that well today at times, holding the ball up, wasn't perfect with it. We'll get into that. But yeah, I, I figured he would be a bit of a, a difficulty in a matchup with Keen. I think Perea is, is a pretty decent player outright too. Uh, and Maitland-Niles was a smart loney as well. So uh, while they aren't the most dangerous in attack. They got a couple weapons. So um, looking at their tactical setup, I mean, that that's kind of what you expected. You know, they stacked players in the middle at the end. You saw them hoofing the ball up and they have the personnel to kind of try and capitalize off those things. Um, they tried to attack on the right, like I said, through Gallagher and Perea and, and they tried to exploit the space at times behind Dean. I think that was fairly obvious. And that's why possession is so important. If you're going to push, fullbacks up now we only pushed one up um and that that kind of leads to our 
our attack. I know, I know Carlo likes asymmetrical attacks at times, and, and I think they're interesting as well, but I also feel like we've been a little predictable with our desire to constantly push the attack up the left side. That being said, I do think part of this was individual mistakes, but I guess it was a three, five, two in a way. I mean, we were virtually playing with three in the back with Dean pressed high, right? Awobi was up high and in tight at times too, but completely isolated. I, I don't know. I don't think the shape worked at all. I think there were some massive issues with the gaps between the center forwards and, and the midfielders on that left side. I, I don't know what you saw, but it didn't work. No, it didn't work. And, and I think part of that is, as you said, just the, the predictability of it in that we're force feeding it down the left constantly makes things pretty easy. I think they know what we're going to do. So you had basically Luca Dean playing the wing spot and then Bernard kind of tucking inside in that half space area to uh, hopefully kind of serve as, I guess the link up or a central option to then feed it into DCL and Richarlison. But all, all three of the forward players, including a on the right-hand side, ended up being really isolated in the first half. And barely those three uh, had the fewest touches of anyone in the first half. And, and obviously, Awobi got yanked shortly after the break, but really struggled to find good opportunities, really struggled to get in behind West Brom, which shouldn't surprise anyone. But yeah, they, they, they kept their shape reasonably well. But as you said, Ryan, we really were to blame, only to blame ourselves for the first probably 30 minutes in that we just were kind of low tempo, not trying to break lines with passes and frankly, just not clinical enough when we decided to take an ambitious pass on. No, that's a really nice way to put it. I would have used the term awful. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was that bad, in my opinion. I mean, 47% of the time we went down the left side, and we've seen that in the past, sure. Uh, they went down their right side 44% of the time, which is kind of interesting. And look, if you look at the guys stacked together, you've got Andre basically supporting Bernard, and we played a lot through him, and he is good in the half space on his day. You know, part of that's a byproduct of maybe Andre just being bad at times yeah. uh but i can't help but I, we saw us i we still saw some of the same mistakes we had against southampton uh the long balls playing aimlessly into their back why did we continue to try and play the ball over the top down the middle i understand the man who's we will not names structure but his line isn't that deep for heaven's sakes it was up high enough they were playing the keeper can get off his line and scoop those balls up. It doesn't work. You have to do, if you're going to play the ball over top, it's got to be wide. This is modern football. Now people are going to scoop that up right and left. And they did Pickford's distribution. I thought in the first half was God awful kicking the ball out of bounds or right to them. Every single time Dom was not up for the fight against them. And frankly, his passing was so inaccurate. A couple of times Dom just walked away from it. Didn't even try. Um, but yeah, Holgate Keen is another one. Michael Keen is a good passer from the back of times when he has time and space and they gave our center backs time and space. And we just kept trying to play it right down the middle through against them. Yet we were lined up to attack in wide places. It was stupid. Uh, and I thought the biggest problem, at least the first 35 minutes was center forwards. The second we got the ball, there was one time a Wobie finally got the ball on the right side. He finally had space in the half space. He's looking across the ball. We know he's not the greatest crosser from deep. And I hated the fact that he crossed it there, but he's looking up in front of him. He has three players in the six. And literally no one within the 40 yards between the six and behind it. And, and part of that was because decor, you know, Wobi had time and space and he waited and decor got forward. Where is Bernard cutting down the middle? Where is Andre cutting in behind? And the same thing would happen if we're attacking 47% down the left side, 
and Bernard has the ball and Andre has the ball and DeCorey cuts down the middle. A couple of times he was open and we missed him. Why is Awobi not cutting inside to the top of the 18? Now, now maybe you say, okay, well, he's concerned about the counter. Oh, okay, okay, but come on. Like, can't we keep the ball to the extent that that isn't available? And to me, that was the biggest efficiency. I mean, massive yeah. gaps. And, and look, it's been proven over time. Heck, Pep Guardiola basically has an entire offensive attack schema designed around attacking in the half space and getting the ball in his little golden square there, you know, zone 14 or whatever the heck he calls it. You know what I mean? And it's such an important place to play. And when you completely ignore that and just throw people back at the goalie and leave that space, that's fine. If you're going to win the second balls off head balls and crosses, but the crossing wasn't good either. Crossing wasn't good. And really just in general, our inability to look comfortable or retain possession in any meaningful way beyond our center backs, passing it around the mid, like uh, the center of the pitch. Uh, Again, like you'd see Andre dropping deep, trying to receive it. He'd have no options if he were to turn. So it'd just go right back. We go outside, but it almost seemed like we were kind of neglecting the right side to a fault. I thought at times, like it's okay to use that left side to kind of overload and break teams down but then you've got to be able to to switch things up and and get West Brom when they know you're going down the left they're just going to overload to match your what you're doing and then you're again if you're not winning those balls in the air or getting crosses in then you're kind of lost and you look at where a shot distribution was on the day over half of our shots came from outside the 18 yard box very similar actually West Brom ended up getting better or shots from better quality positions than we did although their their shots ended up you know we won the xg xg battle but yeah, just all in all, our, that's where we struggle is in that final third, breaking teams down. We can't retain possession and, and really like pose a consistent threat to these teams and get them uh, out of their rhythm or out of their shape. I think structurally, we just got it wrong the way we attacked. And I actually have no problem with it, with a big overload. You know, that that's OK. It's not a crazy way to play, but everyone's got to be contributing that way, too. I even thought the way we pressured at times the center forwards would press and other players wouldn't. Um, and maybe it's just personnel. I mean, let's be honest. If Bernard has the ball in the half space, if he's looking to play square to his right in the middle of the pitch, Alex Iwobi a lovely little passer and good dribbler. Is he going to crack one with his left foot and score? Probably not. So maybe it's just that we're lacking that player. I think Andre probably playing a couple games later, you know, maybe it was a fitness issue because he was just dreadful today. Maybe a guy like, I mean, that's a problem when you've got Delph out, you've got Davies out and you've got the mean out. I mean, those are three central midfielders that most teams don't have three out. Maybe that player like Fabian Delph, say whatever you want about him. We know, I, I don't know what's wrong with him at this point, but he's good at possessing the ball and making good decisions with it and passing it. It would have been nice to have a fresh guy to come in there or a Tom Davies too, but you know, you play the cards, you're dealt, and obviously we'll take the three points. Um, kind of let's get into the timeline because it, it played out in real time. I mean, they started and jumped on us immediately, and, you know, immediately Andre loses that battle in the second minute, and Gallagher takes it from him, and that was a very dangerous chance. I mean, he flicked it out to the right. There was a nice cross to Diagne, and he, I mean, headed it, and I, I don't know if that's a good save by Pickford. I mean, he made it look really good because he jumped early, and... You know, he's got a little bit of the T-Rex arms, just saying. Um, but it was a good save either way. His concentration was good, even if he didn't get it right. But it was a big chance, and that was very early. And you thought that would have been a wake-up call, but I don't know if it really was. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's scary to just look so off the pace immediately from the first whistle. And on the Pickford save, I think I agree with you, Ryan. I think it looked better than it actually – I think he made it more difficult for himself – 
than he needed to. But I also think as we've talked about, like sometimes his anticipation gets the best of him. I think he was anticipating a better headed shot with more pace on it. And so he dives early trying to get to that top corner realizes it's kind of a looping shot has to like, I think he extends with his top arm and then realizes he's not going to get there and reaches out with his other arm and parries it, which it ended up being an important save an important moment, but uh, looked a little dramatic, I think in the end. Yeah. I mean, it, it kudos to him for the concentration it did, but really, I mean, that was probably, well, at the end, obviously, it was probably their best chance. Although there was a flurry kind of in the in the 20th to the 21 minute. I mean, um, Phillips sent Gallagher, you know, fine, pardon me, Phillips receiving the ball kind of in the half space on the left, their left side from Gallagher at the top of the 18 cut inside. That looked like that could be a good shot attempt. It rattled through, but Godfrey blocked it, which was a theme today. I mean, he, he had all sorts of blocks. Get it to that second. Townsend had that cross in the 21st that pick kind of fumbled, which was a nervous moment. Yep. Um, and really we didn't create too much at that point. I mean, Ben Godfrey had that lovely run where he runs the ball with it and goes 60, 80 yards to Corey. Got a key pass from that, by the way, that's how that's amazing. I love, I mean, that's stat. Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) Um, And that was a terrible decision for him to shoot too. I mean, DeCorey, by the way, how does DeCorey pass it to him and manage to find a way to be sitting in the 18 wide open for the ball? (laughs) How did he get that? It makes no sense sometimes, Um, but that, that was a little bit symbolic of, of how we played just when we did have time and space and we did have it a lot. We either just lost a battle, fumbled it, or just missed someone. I mean, it was just bad decision making. But but I do think, I do think we settled in a little bit from about the 35th minute on and started to possess the ball a little bit in some dangerous places, I thought. Yeah. And then finally, at long last in the 37th minute, uh, we were able to get the ball towards the top of the 18 in a dangerous area. It goes from Bernard to Decore to Dominic Calvert-Lewin, a little bit of like congestion there, but ends up getting it wide to Richarlison, who has a shot on goal, but it gets deflected up and over. We get, I think at that point, our first corner of the match uh, and our first real chance to score. Again, it took 37 minutes, um, so far, far too long against the side, but sometimes in these games, you just have to be patient and take the one or two chances you're going to get. And that's kind of what happened today. Yeah, I still think, though, you're right. I mean, we're really kind of ignoring that right side. You know, I'd be remiss to mention that like a team like Brighton created lost to them, but created a ton of chances attacking on the right out of, you know, mostly a 4-2-2-2, So that may have been a little bit of what Carlo's inspiration was, but they weren't attacking left and and Man City destroyed them kind of on the right, too. But they had a true six in Rodri that kind of was bossing the game and controlling it and commanding it. And it's just hard. You know what I mean? You just, you know, you, you got to take, I just am waiting for us to have a match and part of its personnel where we possess the ball, stretch them out and have sustained pressure against them in the final third. You know, it, it is what it is. Uh, you know, I, I will say this though, I kind of at the end of the first half, there were a couple chances there that we just didn't quite capitalize on. Yeah. We had that one that fell to Dominic Calvert-Lewin off a of deflection, oh. basically nothing. And I think he, Everyone, including Dom, was was surprised by it. He receives and he's basically one on one with um with with Johnston and and Johnston to his credit closes it down. Actually anticipates it fairly well. Dom tries to smash a shot by. Maybe could have done with a little bit uh, less power on that one, more placement. But it ends up being a save, and that was really our probably our best chance of the entire match. If I'm honest, 
Yeah, I mean, there was a nice sequence not too far behind that where Wobi found himself on the left side. Yes, like, what yeah. is he made a really nice run and just like dribbled it through everyone. Yeah, he did and kind of ran and passed it to Dean. And Dean had a lovely, I love those low crosses back towards the penalty spot. They're so hard to stop. And that was one of the few times where we got the ball to the baseline and our center forwards dropped back. One of them dropped back into space that was given to us because I thought that was there a lot during the match and Richie just fumbled it. So to me, at halftime, I'm thinking, dear Lord, that was terrible. Um, but the last 15, 10, 15 minutes, they had a chance to. I mean, there was at one time where Diagne like kicked the ball 15 times in the box and just didn't decide to shoot. <laughs> yeah. That was very strange. Um, but I thought the last 10, 15 minutes were a bit better. I thought we we started to grow into the match. Uh, I really felt like it was truly a tactical issue. I thought maybe Carlo would make some changes at half. I was expecting us to maybe come out in the second half, even with that personnel, and start to exploit them and really break them apart. It it didn't really happen that way. It still seemed more back and forth. I mean, other than kind of, you know, Bernard with, with a decent cross and a chance kind of right after the break, they had a couple very dangerous plays right after that. And I was thinking things are not looking good. Yeah, there was a, a flick on header off of a deep throw um, where Diagna miss, misses the second header, but he might have been offside on that. But it was a good chance. He was bullying our, our center halves. He certainly much. made it hard. Oh, he's a big, strong yeah. guy. You know what I mean? If he's a man. That's, that's by the hair. way, Liverpool, take notes. When you go to get someone on the loan that you want to achieve something in the next couple months, get a guy that's ready to play now. I mean, this, this kid is, you look at him and you're like, man, he's, He's a big, powerful guy. He can contribute at the Premier League level. He's physically ready. Is he perfect? No. Could he have been more clinical today? Yeah, but I mean, we're not talking Robert Lewandowski here. We're just talking about someone that can can contribute. We did okay against him, but man, he's a bull. Yeah, I was I was honestly really impressed with him in general. And then, but just to keep things moving here, we had uh, Gallagher with a shot that was very close. If oh. there had been anyone far post for West Brom, that would have been one nil. Uh, to to the home side, it was a scary moment. It was pretty well hit from a tough angle, and it just just skids across the end line. It's one of those you like hold your breath waiting because yep. you just expect someone. Please to no one show up. Please no one show up. Exactly, and no one did, and it went out for for a goal kick. But fortunate again, and it, and at that point you're thinking, this is the payback we get for not taking advantage of any of our or playing so poorly in the first half. Is then. You allow them to get one chance, go up one nil and shut up shop for the rest of the match. Yeah, you're thinking, you know, hope is there. Uh, and and look, they took care of the ball. I mean, they have some guys that can play. They're not a complete and utter disaster um, with it. Uh, I, I think the the Elan sub was pretty important. Um, I, I didn't want to see a Wobi go because not. But but ultimately, if we weren't going to attack down that side and it was kind of irrelevant, then why have him on? In fact, looking back on it, maybe we shouldn't have started him at all played differently and brought him on later. You know what I mean? Like that, that, I think we could have used someone off the bench that was more attacking of nature and pace, but you know, you play what you got, but I think Alon did a very nice job of kind of solidifying the defense a bit. Possession still wasn't great, but I still felt we were in better control from the possession that we had at that point. And I'll tell you what, Richarlison had a big chance there where he kind of played a ball by O'Shea. O'Shea took him down very reminiscent of the Sheffield United red card on Jaggy Elk, although not quite. I mean, and I disagreed with that call too. I felt like Jags, that was a red card. That was pretty harsh because I felt like the other center center back could have gotten there in time. But, but anyway, the point is, you know, you were hoping, okay, this is it. You know, we're going to turn the corner. Alon's going to take control over things. And, and sure enough, nothing really happened. We finally got a corner. I felt like we had none of those today. We were just, you know, 
And uh, they sub Gilfie on. And that was kind of a very strange sequence, by the way, which was curious at best. Yeah. So we had Luca Dean trotting over to try to take the corner. We have Gilfie coming on as a sub and Carlo in his infinite wisdom as manager just starts yelling at Luca. No, 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 no. Let Gilfie take this. And so Gilfie pegs it in. It's not a really well hit corner initially, but it gets headed back out right to his foot. And he takes it on his right foot and he pings one in and pretty much everyone in the same exact position. Richarlison with uh, basically positioned himself perfectly. And it was a great delivery because it was right on his right on his dome piece. Uh, And he heads it in the back of the net and we're uh, undeservedly up one nil. And uh, at that point, really happy. And but know that West Brom now are going to have to open themselves up and really go for it because they obviously can't afford to be dropping three points many more times before they're gone. Yeah, and I, I was really, I mean, look, Gilfie Sigurdsson, say whatever you want. And I'm very critical of the guy, not because he's a bad player, but because I just don't think he's a good fit for what we're trying to do. But look, you give the guy time and space, the ball teed up for him, the man can deliver a ball very well. And he did. It's funny. How funny is that? His first corner was absolutely dreadful. And yeah. then he comes in and hits it perfectly. But I'll tell you what, all hail Richarlison. The guy is on fire. I can't believe, look, True goal scores like that, their form is if everyone has a bad spell. So for those kind of writing him off or thinking he's not good, guys, relax. You know what I mean? He's eventually going to find his form. He's too good not to. And that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing a center forward in form. And I mean, look, and the rest of the division hates seeing that. Let's be honest. I mean, you see Richarlison scoring, man. It drives people crazy. I I I know it's so great. I actually thought too, right after that, pretty much Dean got behind Furlong and yes. got by him right on the baseline. And, you know, he fouled him right at first. I was like, Oh man, that's in the box. It wasn't, it was the right call. We had a dangerous free kick from there. I'm like, just knock it in at this point, Gilfie. I mean, you like his last touches have been just gold. Um, and I, I thought, you know, Hey, you know, we, maybe we're going to break this thing open. Uh, we had another chance to the 71st where, Dom came up with the ball, won a battle, finally had Andre just streaking into the open. This is probably a little bit of Dom's inconsistency and his limitation as a, as a complete striker. I mean, that's a pass, a tough one, but that a good striker probably can make. I mean, granted, it's Andre Gomes in the final third, and I'm sure he probably would have taken a shot, knocked it out of bounds for a throw-in. But, uh, yeah, but you started to see that. You're like, hey, they're open. We got to get them. Exactly. And, yeah, just on that pass, I mean, it wasn't perfectly hit, but if Andre's also a couple strides quicker, fair, he gets to that, he gets on that, and he's in. Um, but yeah, it was a little misplaced, but it was it was a good run and it was intelligent play. It just wasn't executed very well, which is uh, at least it was intelligent, an intelligent idea, which is more than I can say for a lot of our play on the day. Yeah, that's very um, true. And then in j- not not a whole lot to write home about after that. I mean, we had a, another really good Godfrey deflection uh, in the 84th minute. In the 89th minute, Andre has a really bad giveaway and on oh. a third that almost costs us right when. And frankly, like after we scored, West Brom were able to really kind of just come on to us and, and attack us over and over again. And we were just seem- seemingly willing to soak up that pressure and weren't really able to get too much on the break. Yeah, I think the problem was that we're having trouble kind of clearing it efficiently and effectively. We just a little bit of it was bad luck, you know, Um, and it's hard when when they're just hoofing the ball up there and you've got a couple fresh legs and a big center forward like that. And we're missing Yeri. Obviously, that's a big difference. I mean, he's up there. 
I mean, a lot of these are, and he has good composure on the ball too. Um, that giveaway was very bad. And then we had the moment in the 93. It's kind of the one that you're dread. You know, you see this happening. We've all seen matches like this in the past where you're thinking, look, you know, one little bad bounce, one little, um, you know, bad break and the ball could be in the back of the net. So the second it happened, you know, I, I, w- I was ticked because I'm thinking, you know, I hated to say it was deserved, but it was kind of deserved. You know, we were fortunate and sure enough, I mean, on the play, they rule the goal off sides in the 93rd. I, I will say this. Godfrey looks like he Godfrey yells to his center center halves move up. Holgate moves up instinctively, very intelligently. Ben moves up too, and then drops back for a second. Now, if he stays there and again, that's a hard tendency, you know what I mean? Um, Hard something to teach and be confident to do. If he stays there, he's offsides by a mile, but he didn't and made it really, really close. But hey, we got a little bit fortunate. He was offsides and, um, you know, we closed out the match, won it. And uh, sure enough, five minutes, of course, with all the terrible injuries in the second half, as usual. Craziness. Our man, Alan Brody, of course, could not let that go. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we'll take it. But that was... I, my reaction wasn't that angry because, again, you know my mentality a little bit when I'm a watcher. I was kind of like, darn it. You know, we deserve that. It's our fault. So I don't know how you felt, but still ticked. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I felt sick to my stomach. It was nice that the linesman caught it and it wasn't ruled a goal and then overturned by VAR. I felt a lot more confident knowing that it was ruled initially as offside. And then they just kind of confirmed it with the video review. But I was sick to my stomach when I saw him score because it is the classic goal for teams like that Mm -hmm. that want to play like that to score everyone in the box. You've got one guy, 40 yards, 30 yards outside hoofs it in and it takes a little ping pong, bing, boom, bang deflections. And it's, it it, honestly, it's a good finish. It's a good hit into the back of the net, of course, offside, but it was, it was sickening to know that we were going from a position of having three points to just, dropping them like that at the drop of a hat. So really relieved to get the call. And as you said at the top of the show, Ryan, nice to finally get uh, a roll of the dice to go your way. And as you mentioned before, kind of the overall match summary, I mean, the XG philosophy, um, Everton 1.37 and XG over West Brom 1.14. There are different models out there. I, I, I'd be curious to see what it is at the end of the day. I think West Brom got a credit or two for plays that would have been offside. Um, and we also got a massive credit for the Dominic Calvert-Lewin miss, which wasn't truly deserved. It was kind of a bad break um, for West Brom. But, you know, the only thing that's a little disturbing to me is that West Brom XG. I mean, they've only gone over that two times in the last 15 matches. Um, That's not the best number. And again, we decided to defend, but other teams were doing that maybe as well. Um, There's still a lot of things that were disappointing. I mean, 56.5% possession at halftime. I mean, that's just shocking considering we were only dispossessed like four times. So, I mean, basically just giving them the ball away. So the other thing is too, our passing, I think we're at around 81%. I went and looked against opponents. I think Burnley is maybe the only team with a lower passing percentage against West Brom all season. And theirs was at 80.43%. It's hard to ignore. Our passing was truly awful today. And then look at the long balls. I think that's almost a bigger indictment. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a big part of it is that we weren't, we weren't super patient in possession. It's, it's, it, 
it's almost like at this one at the same time we were too patient and yet not patient enough. And so you look at the long balls. You had Andre Gomez, who was seven for seven against Southampton, two for six today. Mason Holgate was what, like two for twelve? Uh, yeah, he was last match. Yep, one for four today. <laughs> Michael Keane two for four, and he was visibly frustrated with a couple of them that he overhit. Yep, Pickford big one. Nine for 18. I mean, there were like three or four in a row that he just oh. hooked that were nowhere near anybody. Or knocked out of bounds. He overplayed Dean yeah. on one that was like, oh, man. He, he had one or two at the end that were better. He settled down, but still not a good not a good distribution performance, I don't think, from him. Right. And then Godfrey was one for five. So you have a lot of your back line just not really able to connect. Sometimes you just have a bad day out. But if, if that's your strategy to have it, we, I think we had just under 50 long balls on the day. And I think we had 66 against Southampton just for comparison's sake. So not going long quite as frequently, but also it's West Brom. So you should be looking to, to play through them and not over them. Yeah. It's just individual decision-making, you know, I, I that couldn't have been really the, the plan. Um, yeah. I mean, and the crossing was awful too. I mean, we had one accurate cross for the goal, of course, with 14 attempts. You know, that's not good enough. And and the left side was all the touches. I mean, Awobi had 29 touches. He was basically yeah. playing wing back again. And, and look, say what you want about Alex Awobi as a player. That's just not balanced, you know? And I don't think there's nothing glaring about West Brom's right side that says attack it. So, so I just, I don't think. It's confusing. It, it is. And I just don't think it was overly effective against Southampton. We gave up nothing. You know I mean? Really? We, we played very well defensively until about the last 10 minutes. That was not the case today. I felt like we afforded them too much space. Our shape was inconsistent. And really, you know, when we take a step back and really think about player performances, I, I couldn't really come up with anyone that I really felt stood out and played well. And, and so immediately I think of myself, I'm like, Ryan, you just being too much of a Debbie downer again, you know? And I don't think so. I just felt like there was no one I could really set back and say was outstanding. A couple names of guys were okay, though. Yeah, I'm going to put, I mean, I'll put Richarlison in the decent category. He obviously scored the winner. He had a couple really nice moments of hold up play. There was that one really nice one where he let the ball go over the top. He that's when uh, he got cleaned out. Um by O'Shea, excuse me. And that was a really nice bit of play. He yep. ended up with five shots. He obviously gets the goal. Couple dribbles, only dispossessed ones. Had had four bad touches, which is going to derail. But he was looking to create. He was looking to take guys on. Yep. And again, he's just the type of player that opposition teams can't ignore. You, he always demands a ton of attention. And um, I'm not going to put a Wobi in the good category, but since we're on him now, there are a lot of people saying a Wobi was terrible. He was useless. He really was okay off the ball. I thought his defensive work rate was fine. And he just didn't have a lot of opportunities to impact it because of our, our strategy was to essentially ignore his side of the field. Yeah. Look, he deserves stick. I mean, you know, he didn't create much, you know, he didn't do a whole lot with it, but I mean, yes, I mean, he had 29 touches. So, I mean, what are you going to say? I saw the same, same people ripping Bernard early in the match too. And I don't think Bernard was terrible at all. In fact, if anything, a couple of times he was, you know, he had, he had three bad touches a couple of times he was hatcheted and lost the ball. But look, he was 80.8% passing rate. You know, he had a key pass. He had a shot. Um, he had a dribble. I mean, he was one of the few that at least attempted to find space and 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 keep the ball. I, I really think a lot of the issues stemmed from the bad chemistry between Richarlison and Dom. I just felt like they were in the same place too often when they shouldn't have been and should have been. Maybe one of them stepping back into that hole might have been smarter at times. Felt like the runs were off. 
I also saw people calling for Gilfie Sigurdsson, like Gilfie came in and did some amazing job and kudos to him for the great cross. But I mean, look at his stat line. I mean, he had 14 touches. He had one bad touch. He had zero tackles, zero interceptions, zero clearances, zero fouls. He only had five passes with only three completed three crosses out of those, but he got the assist. So, you know, I, it's, I, I think people need to take a step back and little look at things maybe collectively and realize that sometimes the work is a result of tactics and context. And even a guy like Andre Gomes, who I thought was terrible, you know, maybe he was just tired. I mean, in all honesty, that, that, that has a lot to do with it, you know, and, and, and how, how fluid can we look subbing guys in, you know, sometimes you look fluid, it just clicks and everyone's fresh and whatnot. But if the plan was to attack down the left side the entire time you know i just we certainly weren't effective or efficient doing it no definitely not um and you look at the guy who was kind of considered our left-sided catalyst and that's luca dean thought he was decent today again he's 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 being asked to do an awful lot on both sides of the ball um but he ended up with three tackles today three interceptions four clearances a couple key passes uh only dispossess once and then two bad touches. So look, I mean, that's a decent stat line for him. Yeah. And he, he was, uh, he, I think he ended up with like five or something, five aerials again. So winning stuff in the air, um, a, a decent day for him, but the player who I think many most would agree had maybe his most impressive, uh, or was, was the most impressive player in blue on the day, or I guess an Amber, that'd be Ben Godfrey for me. I, I agree. He was pretty immense. I mean, four blocks, Four blocks. Who who gave us that quote on it? Matt Cheatham. Matt Cheatham. That's right. Matt's quote was Ben Godfrey made more blocks versus West Brom all in the box than any Everton players made in a PL game over the last three seasons. And many of them were absolutely critical. He had five clearances, only one tackle, but he was positionally sound. And, and, and he was actually attempting to keep the ball a bit. Um, he was one for five in long balls, but I, I never felt like he was spraying it around unnecessarily. I, I thought he was very good. There was one play, like I think we called it out in the 84th minute, where it was one of those typical crosses kind of back towards the penalty spot where he anticipated and got a piece of that was, I mean, truly an athletic elite level defensive play and look in the air okay look he's not the greatest in the air yet yet i will say that too because he is a good athlete he doesn't have great length but for the position but he's strong and i think his footwork's good enough that he could eventually get there but yeah i mean i felt like he was immense you know michael keen was okay as well but i felt like Gottfried was the one that stood up his player the best and, and but to michael keen's credit he's dealing with with a, a big, a difficult physical matchup, and he hung in there with him. Yeah, I thought Keen was rock solid again, and it's it's similar to the Southampton match where you're if you're not talking about a guy all that much in defense, that probably means he's doing a decent job at least when it comes to center half. So, and we know that his distribution can improve. He didn't have a whole lot of time on the ball, or I guess a lot of opportunities to uh, distribute the ball today, but decent all around. But I don't want to dig too deep into individual performances just because I don't feel like there were very many memorable ones, but we can uh, go on to final thoughts. And then we have some good uh, listener contributions as well. Yeah. I just think we got away with one and we'll take it. And that's fine. Um, There is some optimistic thoughts that I have that we can improve. I, I, you know, I think Hamas makes such a big difference on this team. Alon getting back up to speed in health is helpful. Um, I think Tom Davies is, 
also someone that can help us kind of keep the ball and, and still play front foot without just throwing the ball all over the place. And look, I mean, like you said before off the air, you know, over time there's ebbs and flows, you know what I mean? So take it, you know, sometimes that's how this game works and uh, we deserve some of the rub sometime and, and we're getting it right now. And that's fine. You can know that we'll probably get a little bad luck at some point the rest of the season, but, but if we play better, you know, maybe the bad luck, bad luck kind of goes away. And certainly there's room for improvement. I mean, I, I just, when I see this, I don't think there's with the right combination of people in the right formation. I, I don't anticipate this type of similar performance uh, again. I'm, I, I, maybe I'm being overly optimistic, but I just hope it's a little bit of it's out of our system. Yeah. Look, I mean, I think it's, I mean, ever since like the first three or four matches when we were top of the table and flying high, we have had a injury list that has prohibited us from playing at times as many as like three or four of our best five players. We're finally starting to get some of those, those guys back. Hamez seems to be in and out of the side. I just think we're so much more dynamic with him in there. Um, again, we're, we're missing Allen's still not fully fit. We're missing guys like Tom Davies, who at the beginning of the season, I was kind of writing off, but there's just How so many guys still missing would help, honestly. Mean I think so. Mean is huge. Mean yeah, is huge. I mean, the, the, you know, and obviously, but means soaking up money, you know, that we use to, to buy an elite player that we don't have. So it's a little bit where we're at at times, but even considering the personnel in there, like Andre Gomes played terrible today. And we've yeah. seen him where he's played well, at least keeping the ball. And we didn't see that today. You know, Dom was created some things actually for some other people, but he was a little bit, you know, there were just some individual perform. Alex Awobi's had matches where he's run at people and been more dangerous. So I just think it was a bad combination today of some structural issues, some individual performances that were just off, maybe some lack of chemistry, which, which can improve with the right setup, maybe with a few more options. Yeah. And look, let's give this team credit for being able to see out results from winning positions. Uh, you know, there's the famous quote, uh, Lux, what happens when preparation meets opportunity? I think Carlo has instilled clearly the team's coming in well prepared. If the execution still leaves a little bit to be desired, and maybe even at times the tactical setup, we're showing a lot of resolve and able to hold on to winning positions, see games out, manage things somewhat effectively. Again, the, that VAR goal at the end. That was ruled out hugely fortunate, but it doesn't happen if you don't have that communication between the defenders saying to pull up and make that play happen. Yeah, Pickford's got that one said, too, uh, by the way. I say that, that's uh, Pickford's got to jump on that one too. That's oh, yes. another one. I mean, but but yeah, no, God, continue, please. But no, I mean, that's that's pretty much all I have to say is like it's just, and we'll get into this with the listener comments. It's really refreshing to see Everton have like a backbone and be able to see out results. Um, yeah, yeah, my favorite luck quote is Roger Daltrey be lucky. <laughs> you know, it's a good one though. If you think, yeah. about it. you know, be lucky, you know, do the things that basically, you know, put you in a position to, yeah, man, just yeah. be it, you know, like will yourself to do it and do the right things. Um, yeah. Some of the, some of the comments I think are pretty good today too. I, I think that almost provide better insight than we had. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Matt sheet. And we go back to him a little bit. Jordan Pickford's now made 10 saves since last conceding joint best run of his Everton career. I thought he's played two very good matches leading up to this one. I don't think he was particularly good today. He should have come out on the, on the goal at the end that was waved off. Didn't matter. I don't think the save was that big a deal that he made, but he made it look very lovely and dramatic enough that 
the man who sell not be named had to complain about it. But, you know, our defense deserves a little bit of credit for blocking a lot of shots and keeping it together. I mean, West Ham's midfield played decently well and played through us at times, and we snuffed out a lot of their chances. So the defense deserves credit yet again. Absolutely. And so then we go on to uh, Christian Polanco, friend of the show from uh, the Cooligans, said, was a bit worried about the midfield creativity when I saw the starting lineup. Gilfie came in and saved the day. Outside of DCL missing that great chance, I was happy with the performance. We should be beating teams in the relegation zone much better than the match against Fulham. I agree. It was better than the match against Fulham, mostly just because we won um, and we weren't eternally frustrated. But I, th- I think saying Gilfie came in and saved the day is is accurate. Like without that, and that's exactly what he's good at is those individual moments of quality. He's not good. If you take any five minute span of watching Gilfie Sigurdsson, you're not going to be too impressed by his highlight reel. Uh, pretty impressive stuff. You just wish that he was more agile, more able to get, yeah. chat, get a ball and get into the space so he can have more of those moments. And that's why you look at the numbers. His open play creativity is bad despite some other very biased borderline (laughs) mental cases out there. He's not, I mean, over time, you know, you can look at his shot created actions this year is barely over two. And almost one of it is from dead balls. You know, it's just, it's just not his thing, but, but if you can put him in position and look, we've got a ton of guys hurt. So he's going to have to come on and play at times and give him those moments You know, sometimes against a team like this, that isn't a great attacking team. And you got some guys that can finish in the box. You know, it might be kind of the right, the right choice for him. And, and look, I mean, his service was so good against Southampton. It did make a little bit of a difference, but anyway, David Melanou at DMX five, five, one. He's basically DMX. David is, Yeah, I mean, he's, I I don't know if, I don't think they're related. Uh, I don't think they share the last name, him and DMX. Uh, Anyway, his, his lose my mind. Oh, there we go. Feel it. Feel it. Um, didn't notice a Wobi tonight and what a difference the subs made. We looked more balanced when they came on. Bernard was trying to be creative. Rarely does he make a backwards pass, but Sigurdsson's quality showed tonight. Yeah. I, I mean, the subs also, we, we didn't really mention the tactical change. I mean, ultimately we went back into what looked like the flat diamond, you know, the four, three, one, two. I don't know if that that seemed to create more balance in terms of our defense and trying to hold the ball better. It created maybe a little bit more. I, I think maybe it was just in stark contrast to how unbalanced we were before. Yeah, uh, so maybe that was it. But I mean, it's not like suddenly putting Siggy at the 10 provided all these opportunities. I mean, considering he touched the ball 14 times. So, you know, I, I don't I don't know if it was as much of that as it was the insertion of Alon, but I will say this decore coming off with the limp made you concerned that we were going to be able to shut them down and defend them. It had almost forced us to drop back. And look, we've said even bad defenders, if you're dropping deeper and you have less things behind you, you're going to be able to defend better. We've talked about Andre Gomes not being the most defensively aware guy, but a guy can defend better when people are in front of you much easier. You can, if you don't kind of have that that third sense. So, so tactically that probably did benefit us a little bit, even if they did have some chances at the end. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, Keeping things moving here. We had Derek Bean. Surely having a run of ugly games means we're due for a great one, right? Right. Uh, Yeah. I'm not holding my breath. And actually I think that's, that's interesting because, you know, I think we're both frustrated with the quality of the last couple of performances and like the nature despite the fact that we won. But as we said at the top, I just think this is 
Carlo is a pragmatic guy. This is the way that you have to win. If we're, if we are going to end up sixth or higher this season, and we're fifth right now, as the uh, Chelsea Liverpool match just concluded, we're going to have to graft and, and grind out some ugly wins. I'm thinking back to the Sheffield match. That was super ugly. We've had a bunch of one nil wolves was another. Yeah, there's, there's a, been a ton where we kind of stole one. I mean, I, I'm still hopeful that we'll see that. I do think Hamas makes a massive difference in this team. Huge. Um, we yeah. played behind the ball also a lot against Liverpool, but I felt like we were a more quality, you know, it was a more quality match, even though it was very defensive oriented. So there's still some hope to me, uh, but some of these sides are really playing hard to grind out results as well. You know, I mean, West yeah. Brom's on the brink of relegation and, and, you know, you can expect them to come out and charge hard. So that's a little bit of it too. Yeah. I think we're just in a position where we're not going to, and it's not going to surprise anyone. We're not in a position where we're going to dictate games like Manchester city. We're going to have to take the few opportunities we get. And we're not prolific shot creators either though. We haven't been this season. We've been clinical when we get opportunities for the most part, outperforming our XG or outperforming our expected points. We're just not going to like play teams off the park. And I mean, we can though. We did at times early in the season. I, I just, I with hope the right personnel. Yes. That yes. That's my point. I, I hope, I hope if we go back to say a, a four, two, three, one, and you put Hamez roaming around basically as your free guy and you put, you know, Seamus Coleman, I think makes a little bit of a difference in right. back. look, we have some gaps in the team. I know that, Huge. you know, and you have a more, more of a balance with him and maybe Alex. I mean, they, they finally looked good at one point, a couple matches ago, you've got Richie and, and Dom. I, I think today was maybe an example where two up top didn't really work, you know, and you have a little more balance and Decore's fresh and Elon is in there, you know, and you got a couple guys in there that are a little better possession players, Maybe it plays out that way. You know what I mean? I'm still hopeful we're going to see a couple of those performances because the bottom line is we're going to need them. I, this is not even, I know it's a short sample size, but it could go south very quickly. And that's why I think I see these moments and we win and I'm happy, but I'm also like, oh God, you know, it's got to turn. So I am optimistic, but yeah, it's got to be with the right guys. We just don't quite have the depth to play they, the way you want with players one through 25. Ride the lightning, Ryan. Ride the lightning. Wow. You're bringing it out. huh? <laughs> well, I just want to be the master of puppets. Really? You know what I mean? Right, that's, right. that's what I want personally, you know? Okay. That's our, that's our um, musical references for the show. Let's uh-huh. uh, keep uh-huh. it moving. Here I just want to kill them all the rest of the way. <laughs> you know, I, I just, is that asking too much? You know, I just, he if truly and justice for all was here, we would win the <laughs> table every year. Cause we are the most righteous club, right? Sorry. Continue. That is terrible. Well executed. Well executed. Next up, we have hashtag nine finger Craig at Craig Mack. He said on his question, where would we be without Gilfie this year? I know he's no one's favorite, but he was immense and changed the game today. We are desperate for a PL quality bench and some right side help. Another professional performance that we haven't seen from this club prior. Disagree that he was immense. Agree that he changed the game, obviously, and agree that, look, we couldn't even name a full bench today because we didn't have enough guys to fit. We don't have enough, and we ended up having to throw in a bunch of kids just to fill those spots. So I think the depth is clearly everyone's like major concern. Our first 11 is great, maybe our first 12, 13, and then it starts to be kind of grim, honestly. I also don't think that was a professional performance. I mean, just because we won, I think that's what I'm irked about at times. You know, there are times where we're not acting professionally. Get your head up, move the ball, find the open guy, pick these guys apart, show some composure. I'm looking forward to the day when this team is that they're just not quite there yet right now. So, all right, going to Sean Khan. 
common show contributor at KingCon225. Ugly win, but one that means a lot when you considered how many times we've been in this situation and don't come through. Amen, brother. Uh, West Brom have been playing well as of late, and we really started to get better as the game went on. Three straight shutouts will do really good for confidence. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. M's at M's the gaffer. A win is a win, but <laughs> Christo on a bike, we make things hard for ourselves. Yes, we do. We were very slow in possession, and we just don't seem to play in a way that complements DCL at the moment. Fourth place is great, but obviously we need to be more clinical as well as more ruthless. Yeah, Ems, I think, is right. I, I just think Dom was you know, constantly running forward with the ball, almost running away from it, and other people were too. So it just wasn't organic or complementary. Maybe that's the common change in formation. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that was the problem with two strikers today. Uh, maybe it's the lack of fluidity and playing you know who knows it could be a lot of different things and last but not least we have dan mcardle at daniel mcardle said we are officially carlos grinders getting ugly points with depleted squad depth consistently holding on to leads showing confidence even getting regularly favorable var decisions oh what a transformation i love this club and that is something i think we can all agree on yeah, well, the bottom line is if you're going to screw up a VAR decision, that 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 uh, screen is pretty close to Carlo. And, well, it's Carlo Enchilotti, and he's got Duncan Ferguson right next to him. So either way, you've got, a, you know, a couple individuals that maybe have some connections that won't go very well for you. So whatever it takes, man. Now, I mean, look, you know, like I said, be lucky, you know, Roger Daltrey's words. And there's a little bit of that, but I, I think it's uh, we definitely need to step up the game. But, hey, man, take it. You know, it's been we've been long overdue. All right, Ryan, now is the time. Before we started recording, you said, I don't even know if I can pick a man of the match, but the time has arrived and now you must. So I'm going to put you on the spot first. Who are you going to choose? I, I just, I, I, <laughs> I thought it would just flush out through the, uh, through the pod. Um, I'm going to go with Ben Godfrey. Uh, yeah, you're just mad because now you can't pick him. It's because you're not unoriginal now, are you? <laughs> no, he had four blocks. I mean, you can't ignore that. The five clearances. Um, I, I just think some of the individual moments that he had in there were such big, great individual efforts and plays that made the difference that things could have gone south. And I mean, you've got to win your battles. And he did play him off sides at the end, even if it was fortunate and a little bit unlucky. Yeah, I, I mean, I wish there was a slew of people we could have named. But hey, you know, on to the next one. I'm dying to see which direction you're going to go with now. Well, I now you, now it's tough. Uh, Can I, I just think, start throwing names out so you can't pick them? No, up? no, 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 no. Stop, no. Stop, 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 stop. No, I'm gonna, so I'm going Richarlison because he scored the winner. <laughs> yeah, good for you. He had the most shots on the team, and it's great to see him net in four straight matches. Huge after the bit of a slump he was in. You know, people getting. I don't think anyone was ever questioning his ability, but a little frustrated. Like when is it? When is it going to click for him? And it seems like it finally is. Um, so great to see Richarlison back posing a threat in the opposition box. So he's my man of the match. Uh, Ryan, any last words to send the people off into the weekend? We've got Chelsea on Monday. Yeah, you know, it's Chelsea. It's another Chelsea Monday. God, I'm getting all the music quotes. You know what I mean? That's a that's a Marillion song right there. How about that, huh? Um, oh, he's on fire. Yeah, yeah, seriously. What's wrong with me today? Um, let's let's hope we step up our game. You know, I'm still a little bit optimistic that we can. Uh, I, 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 but I'll tell you what, if you're going to play like this and win, man, you know, it's just nice to see 
the sun shining on Everton every now and then, you know, we deserve it as much as anyone. So um, it's good to see where we are at this stage in, in, in the season. And look, the bottom line is we, it's up to us, you know, I mean, we've got some tough matches coming up, but we've got some ones we should be taking three points up from. And if you'd have told us before, you know, a week ago that, Hey, what, what you're going to get six points out of your next two, we would have taken it. Right. So um, I, I don't see any sort of, I see fundamental flaws, but I think it's more of a byproduct of maybe just a bad tactical choice here or there that maybe didn't quite work the way Carla wanted um, and some personnel out. I mean, I don't think any of us expected to have the misses that we had today. So um, I'm still somewhat optimistic, but man, we got to step it up against some of these guys. Yeah. Look, I'm optimistic for the Chelsea match, just knowing that we won't be expected to kind of dictate play quite as much and we'll be able to hopefully hit them on the counter, but they do look a more, certainly more threatening team since the departure of Frank Lampard and Thomas Tuchel arrived. So that'll be an interesting match. I know Carlo will of course want to rectify the uh, last result of Stanford bridge last season, which was I think the one year anniversary of which is coming right up. Alex and I were at that match four nil debacle we won't go into it too much but i'm hopeful and i think right now i mean if we win that we'll leapfrog chelsea in the table with still with a game in hand so really high potential and hopefully hamas we get a couple guys back we get hamas back and he can be the difference maker so with that it's going to be the end of our post-match review of west bromwich albion if you enjoyed the show i hope you did please do leave us a review and a rating on your podcast platform of choice helps us out a ton if you want to follow us on social media join our discord or any of that other great stuff please do check out uh, the link is linktr.ee slash usa toffee pod where you can also find our most recent episode of toffee tv usa among other things Uh, Big thanks to everyone for listening. Until next time, up the toffees.